Oh, so I'm here with Hari. <laughs> I met him in yoga and like in BDJ. He's like probably one of the most interesting people I met like, in a long time. And so I just wanted to record this talk. Uh, it's kind of interesting. So like in the beginning, I really just was interested in like like how your upbringing was and how you like like how how it was to like grow up in India because I have like no idea how about that. It's like hundred percent different like assume than in Germany. Um, yeah. Okay, so first of all thank you for for having me over here. This is very interesting and I I look forward to how this turns out to be. Um to begin with, um I actually was not born in India. And I didn't grow up in India either. Um, however, um, I'd say that there were some parts of me um, which you can't take away, which is totally Indian. Yeah. So first of all, I was born into uh, an Indian family, yeah, where my parents, of course, are purely Indian. Yeah. Um, I would say until the age of eight, I was. Uh, for me, India was just a place that I would holiday in. Um, when I was eight years old, um, I was part of um, uh, one of the wars at that time called as the Gulf War. And so I was in Kuwait. I was born and brought up in Kuwait. So, um, yeah, so somewhere around my eighth birthday was when we had uh, the Gulf War. And here, I would say, is my first experience of India more in a deep manner. So, um, due to the war, of course, we had to leave the country. Uh, my, my parents, um, yeah, it was in the beginning, it was my brother, my mother, and me. I was a younger one. Uh, we reached India. And um, then I would say from that point, which was in 1990, uh, until 1997, yeah. Or am I getting on? 96, I think. Yeah, maybe. This is the time where I first spent my days in India. Um, my childhood was a little special, I would say, uh, because it, was, uh, it wasn't anything close to normal. Yeah. Uh, so um, one of the first things that happened to me was uh, wh when I reached India as a, you know, as a child, uh, I was not at all Indian for, for the people who were in the class. Because I, I couldn't even talk my um, local language. Uh, there was a language barrier. I looked very different. I acted and behaved very different. Uh, so uh, this was very quick learning for me to, to be part of a society and to be accepted by friends. Um, but another thing also that happened to me was that um, the war kind of broke up my family. So we were four members, my, my parents, my brother, and me. Uh, from the year 1990 until the year 2000, or 1999, I think, the four of us never came together at one single place. It was always separated for some reason. We never came together. So um, at the age of almost, I would say, close to 10, mm, I was literally on my own. Yeah, so I, I kind of grew up. I went to school, yeah. The thing was that at that time, so I was entrusted uh, to be um, uh, with my uh, with my uncle, who was my 
my mom's brother, younger brother. At that age, he w- at the time he was, I think, just 25 or 26. So I couldn't blame that he really cared either. Yeah. So he was in a very different state, and suddenly you appear 26 and you're given a child of eight to look after. I guess there are some limitations. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, he, him and I, we used to uh, live together in in a in a room like a men's lodge. Uh, when I was a school student, uh, and uh, the the idea I think my parents had was that I'd be taken care of, but the idea that my uncle had was that well, take care of yourself. Yeah, so um, it was very simple. the The transaction was that I used to get a weekly allowance, uh, which would be put on top of a table every every Sunday. I would get an allowance. Yeah, and uh, I had to uh, take care of myself. I had to take care of my studies. Yeah, uh, and that's why I said it was never a normal childhood. Um, On one side, I think this is what then started um, making me think a little differently from, uh, I guess, my friends who were having a very, you know, calm and quiet, uh, happy, peaceful family life versus my life uh, which was uh, as you can imagine I was I was trying to eat from local restaurants yeah. trying to pay for my own food uh, taking care of my own studies and and things like that so um, w- when I look back I think these were the points were turning points in my life and uh, I really really appreciate those times uh, and then I I got back together um, with my dad about the age of uh, 14 between 14 but then this time um, it was it was just my dad and me again yeah so we had a very special bonding at that point of time um, so instead of my uncle it was my dad now well but it was yeah my my, my relationship I'm with my mom was a little um yeah i would say it wasn't so easy for the both of us yeah and it happens you know it happens that uh when when uh when you get a little straight away uh then the emotions get attached and uh, uh that then affects the behavior mm, from from both sides then it was a little stressful relationship it still continues to be, uh, but I think it's much more smoother and better now. Um, but my relationship with, with my dad was much, much better. Uh, yeah, so my, my childhood, I'd say, was a very, very interesting one. This is how I'd put it. Yeah. So then you went to, so you you were in, in India then, uh, but you, you went there to school, and there's like high school and like, grammar school like is it like here or in like in america or is it like completely different that you have like a s- school system or how do you get to university is it like also like it's like like in britain i assume in a way um so then you went to university in, in india or okay what did you study i'm, I'm interested because i'm stu- i'm trying to study right now and what are you doing very interesting question because uh, uh, education was always a question in my mind as to why do we do it I really don't get it even today I don't get it yeah so um, so <laughs> um, no, by education I'm, a, I'm an engineer um, so uh, I did four years of engineering um, but uh, I would say 
never has there been a single day of my life where I used it to gain money, which was the whole point of, I guess, getting educated. Mm, because naturally, it did not make me any further wiser as a human being or you know it did not improve my skills which i let's say life skills yeah let's put it like that yeah so four years of of really rigorous education um everything that comes along with it you know um the exams the the viva the interviews the projects the assignments uh, internship and everything i really doubt um it was very nice to be through some kind of education, which was difficult, yeah, and not easy to opens up your eyes towards uh, mm, how do I face a challenging situation, so and so. But literally, you know, the subjects that I learned, if I'm putting like the maths and uh, the ther thermodynamics and stuff like that, I don't know how many people really appreciate my knowledge on these points, how many times I can help another human being with these skills. Um... To get to to education in India, I guess it's more or less uh, very standard. Like uh, in most other countries, uh, you go through a, a high school period. I think in Germany the system is very different because I, uh, here I understand that um, y you move into a certain stream quite young as, as a as a child. I think you certain. It's like it's like pretty. It depends on which you. There are like different kinds of school. You have like um, Hauptschule and uh, gymnasium so if you're like in a grammar school and you're really good you can go to gymnasium if you're like n a normal student you can go to um to Realschule. and if you have like real bad grades let's say like this um or you are lazy then you have to go to hauptschule and this determines how long you have to go to school if you are really good in a gymnasium you go like till the 12th grade um so you have like 12 year years of school and after that you can go to university. At Realschule it's like just 10 years and uh, Hauptschule you go like nine years. Mm -hmm. and But then you can't study, you just, you can, you have to find a job. Mm -hmm. I think it's like high school. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but it's, it's also, I think, I, I don't feel like, like if you go that long to school, I don't know if it's really good because I see a lot of friends of mine who, I had a lot of changes in my school history, but a lot of them who don't have this, this, um, they don't really never thought about like what should I do with my life. They just, you know, you you start school like after fourth grade, you go come to gymnasium and you have like eight years to go or nine, and then uh, it's it's not nothing you think about like I have to work someday, I have to like study. What what do I really want from life? Like you never ask that, you know. Like for example, when I was at gymnasium until um, uh, eighth grade, and then I went to Realschule and. I was there and like the then the teacher said like yeah and next year you have to start like writing like to companies if you want to that you want to work for them but I was like what mm -hmm. like I never thought about that like mm -hmm. because I just saw myself yeah like you never think about it. it's just like yeah I go to have holidays then I go to school I go have holidays and this goes like a few years and you you just it's like a like a process you know you never mm. yeah it's like you never really have to think what what are my goals why are you doing this from where i'm going because if you would know that you would you would <laughs> you would sh like you would do something um in this direction but you have like your parents or like society puts you in this system and then you just get like pushed through and in the end you have like a abitur and you can start studying something and there's the point that what i think like a lot of my friends they don't really know what they want mm -hmm. and i hear that from a lot of people who finish that mm -hmm. because they they don't really 
I would say maybe like 80 or 85% don't have real a real idea. They, I heard of people who have like started like three kind of studies and stopped them because they don't like it, because they never thought about it, and it's like it's actually hard. And I think I don't. I, th I feel also like an is it like when you were in India or we were living in you were in Kuwait. It's like a completely like the living there. Is, is it like like here? Is it a comparison back then in the nineties, or was like? I assume it was different, like how you li the standard of living for a child, and like here, I think like in Europe, it was like you had a lot of computer games and like like a lot of TV. Is is it like that in like Kuwait and India, or was it like more like playing on the street, or I don't know. I can I can maybe like like in Germany in the in the fifties or something, or in the sixties. Was it like this or? Yeah. Okay, so let's just combine the last question to what you were saying also, yeah? Um, so in, in Kuwait, um, in back in the 90s, yes, uh, so there was a lot of oil and there was a lot of oil money. And literally, it was uh, turning out to become little America. Because naturally, that was what was happening. All the oil was being bought by America. And in return, what I guess America did was sell their products and lifestyles to the Kuwaitis. Uh, growing up over there as an expat, uh, which is uh, being an in Indian, uh, meant that we were the lucky ones uh, whose parents were, let's say, um, destined to be in this country when things were very going. I mean, very good for it. Uh, so we were, I would put it, uh, the quite lucky ones. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little bit like maybe how um, the U.S. was uh, back in the 80s. Oh, okay. yeah, so um, cars and uh, good standards of living. But for, uh, for me personally, all of this uh, kind of shattered in 1990. Yeah, so suddenly what happened was that all this was just like a, it was like a bubble which popped. Yeah. And I think that was the beauty. Really? That, yeah, that, that was the beauty of it. Else I would have been forever in a bubble. Being in a bubble is maybe compared to what, comparable to what you were saying earlier, that the society wants everything to go in a certain um, pre-programmed path, mm -hmm. right? So when you complete the path, what happens? You die. Yeah, and people, yeah, they say, yeah, was good, <laughs> nice man, yeah, nice, nice lady. It seems like there's no real confrontation with reality. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, so something like that. Yeah, so the question is, and this is maybe where you are, you are thinking, do I just go down this path because the path has been laid, or do I want to question the path before I take down? Is you okay? This is a very nice point in life, right? Yeah. And it's good that you haven't yet made the journey and then looking back and said, ah, man, I should have done this 25 years ago. It's good that you're doing it now. This is very nice. Um, I'm the guy who started on the path. Uh -huh. I started on the path because, uh, as I told you, for me, it was a bubble that popped. And suddenly here I was uh, an Indian. Uh -huh. And you know, when you're talking an Indian, you're one amongst millions at that yeah. time so um, the opportunities are lesser people are more you need to perform and you need to excel and that's when you make something in life so it's a it's a competition right yeah. 
every phase of life is a competition. You want to be good at sports, it's a competition. You want to be good at uh, studies, it's a competition. You want to get into a university, it's a competition. Everything is a competition. So um, this is how I started my life. Yeah. I very, very well went down the path that has been laid down as, okay, this is a successful path. But I guess what I didn't do is what you do now, is question. Because my chances of questioning, let's say, meant that my chances of failure were higher. Yeah, it's true. Like, because this is really safe. You go the path. Because, like, every... It's like... I mean, it's just... There are millions of people who prove that this path works. Like, I, what, I th what I think for myself is, like, more, like, do I want to go... I mean... Because it's like, like every action requires a like, like, it's like, like Newton, like reactions, like actions, like reactions, like you know what I mean? It's like yeah. you do something and get it, you get a reaction for that, and like I know what I what I get, f like my when I do a certain kind of like thing in my future, like what I do now, for example, like with training, you know, like right now I have like like in the phase like, like last month I like I really like pushed myself to a limit, and I actually like. I, like the last few days i had like to really chill down and like i actually had to sleep more because i i felt like was not i came to a limit of my body i was like my feel my, mm -hmm. my actually i felt like my heart was kind of like because it put too much uh, effort out and i feel like this is like the reactor i get you know like and like but it's also like uh, this is something i really ask for myself like a lot of people don't have this like I, I see this like with friends that they don't understand that when they want something they just have to ask what is how do I get there you know what like you know what I mean like first they don't really know what they really want and then they don't know how to get there if you you know if you want to make a split try to do a split every day and then you will learn it and a lot of people feel I feel like don't realize that mm -hmm. that you just have to find out what you have to do and then it's just a simple consistency thing to mm -hmm. come to this point but back to this uh, school thing is I, I think it's I mean, I mean for you it's certainly I mean it was a different time and I think it's also like I see it with friends who are now from uh, from India or like Asian countries like they have like a certain kind of like upbringing and like there's a certain I don't know how it was for you but they, they have like a like there's a lot of pressure from like parents for them that they have to become a certain type of uh, um, get a certain kind of type of job or a lot is like programming and uh, I think this is also maybe it's like in my f like I, I was always like kind of like a rebel in the sense that I when someone said you have to do this I was like hmm, like <laughs> why should I really like why should like then like I questioned it more when someone said you have to do something instead of like someone said you can do whatever you want then I was like more intrigued to do the thing the person wanted you know what I mean mm -hmm. um, but how was it for you did you have like some like like something that like I mean it's always the surroundings like everybody just doing this like why, why you don't, don't you do this um. so um, I if I start uh, putting it like this okay so you could have a whole life without knowing as I said earlier being within the bubble without knowing what you don't know so this is a question I don't know what I don't know right it's actually very nice to have this kind of life it's like a happy dog's life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You you are born into a nice situation. 
you don't question you get food every day you get to play every day and then one day you're old and before you know you're dead a nice life you don't know what you don't know right so no suffering and then the stage comes where you say hmm i think there is something that i don't know right this is where questions come this is where you're asking now questions yeah why? Why should I do it? What's, what do I get out of it? Why are you asking me of this? Yeah. This is a very difficult life. Okay. But don't get demotivated. Please don't think that difficulty is a bad thing. Actually, difficulty is a good thing in disguise. It's always like that. Which is why I said earlier that a bubble popped for me and that was a beauty. Because... That is exactly why I learned a lot of things. And this is how most of the things in life are. So even for a spiritualist, they say that um, suffering is the, is the start of a spiritualist journey. If you never suffer, you would never, ever question anything. You're like that happy dog. You don't have to question anything, to, uh, you know, because everything's good, right? So there you go. You suddenly ask questions. Naturally, when you start asking questions, you're disturbing something. What are you disturbing? You're disturbing everything that was laid down as, here you go, please don't ask questions, just have a happy dog's life, right? But you're questioning the happy dog's life suddenly. Where is the food coming from? Why do I deserve this food? Yeah. W w what happens yeah, to this food? D do I get food tomorrow? Yeah. Who all is going through what all to give me this food? When you start asking questions, basically, it's not so easy for, for the system. Yeah, don't stop, though. Don't stop. Because after this, is you clearly know what you don't know. Okay, so this is the next step. It doesn't still mean that you know what, what is there. But you know what you don't know. And this is more comfortable. So if you're accepted that point where you say, ah, there are so many things that I don't know. How wonderful. This is a ignorant, which is when you accept it, it makes you free and it makes you liberated. It takes some time before you reach there. And the last stage, I guess, is where everybody wants to, they talk about being enlightened or nirvana, nibbana, whatever, is you know. This is uh, the Buddha's term called the awakened. Forget that. That's that's somewhere out there. Maybe we reach it. Maybe we never reach it. Maybe no one's reached it. Maybe there are millions who reached it. We don't know. But at least accepting the point that the journey of life is towards knowing. That's the purpose of life in general. Uh, why else are we given a brain? Why can we talk? Why can we contemplate? Why can we think? When um, obviously there are no other animals on this, uh, you know, earth who can do that as much as we humans do. So there's some point to it, right? So there's some point to the fact that we are all walking around with such a highly developed brain. Is it to go to university? Uh, I'm not so sure. Are we limiting ourselves by thinking that that is the purpose that we as humans were given to brain so that we can set up universities, we can send you know, humans to it, pass them, fail them, whatever, tell them you're good, you're bad. No, I don't, uh, that's too limited for the use of the brain, right? There should be something more than that to this brain. So accepting that, questioning it, 
is always very nice. But let me just come back to what you were saying, yeah? Then why all the system? Or should I just be a rebel and just walk around? When everybody tells me to walk with clothes, I walk around naked. You know what I mean? What, what, what is the point of all of this? Uh, wh wh where is uh, r you know, rebellion starting and where is it ending? This is a good question we can ask to each other. Do I go to one extreme and become a totally reckless you know, uh, person? Or do I go to the other extreme and become a model citizen? What is the point? So um, in, in Asian philosophy, there is a term uh, which is called as non-dualism. Have you heard about this one? So um, this is a classic difference between the Asian and the Western philosophy. It's called non-dualism. I'll try to tell you in very yeah in the words that helps. Uh, so in, in mostly in the Western philosophies, everything is dualistic. So you have uh, this is good, this is bad, this is right, that is wrong. You have the Ten Commandments. You have the things that are not the commandments. You can go to heaven, you can burn in hell. Yeah. Everything is dualistic. In the Asian philosophy, this is not like that. This is called non-dualism. So if you read, uh, for example, the Ten Commandments, it's laid out very clearly to you and say that you do these things. Yeah, you, Nice guy, you'll go to heaven, for sure. Yeah. If you read some of the older scriptures uh, within the Asian philosophy, you will come out more confused than you started. By the time you finish eight lines, yeah. Yeah, you will just ask yourself, can you just tell me the point? Why are you confusing me? Yeah. Because it will be something like that. Is that right or is this wrong? Who knows? At this point of time, don't you think that this will be right? But then don't you think at other times it will be wrong? So there is no right or wrong in Asian philosophy, it always says that the same thing, given at a different time, can have a different meaning, as in good or bad. So how can you say that doing that is always good? So lying, for example, lying, how can you say that lying is bad if you saved somebody's life? You know what I mean? Yeah. So the question always comes to um, non-dualism. There is no right or wrong. There's always, what's most important, if I may say, is the intention, the intent, I, which is where karma also begins. So the, the philosophy of karma begins from the intent. Yeah? Keeping your intention high is, is very, very important. So um, while living in the system, I'm coming back to our earlier thought, okay? While living in the system which prescribes that you have to do so, 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 and so, and so to be a very successful model human being, like your father, I do not know, however, there is this other part in you which is a rebel. Then this these two are conflicting each other. Who is right and who is wrong? The answer is that there is no answer. No one's right. No one's wrong. Both are you. So have you seen the yin and the yang? Yeah. The white and the black? Why is it together? Why is it not two pieces? Why is it together? Because this is non-dualism. It's, it's, it's either side, but together they make the whole. So if there is a rebel in you, as well as if there is a citizen, a model citizen in you, these both are you. The both exist together. One has, does not have to fight the other. You have to stop all conflicts be it within 
or be it with the society, be it with anything and everything, because there is no need to be in conflict. So, in um, in the Hindu philosophy, there's a, uh, there's a let's say there's a so you have so many uh, god not not gods really because th that's the biggest misconception. Basically, there are only three gods. Okay, the others are called devas. So they are godly people. They are people who have godly characteristics and then some special skills but there are only three gods basically so one is called brahma who is a creator the other called shiva is a destroyer and then you call vishnu who is the preserver concept is very simple brahma created the whole universe okay and then you have shiva who is a very strong ascetic a guy like a yogi he's called mahayogi or the adi yogi the first yogi so he's the one who has taken in all the powers that a human being can take off to become a yogi and balanced everything but he's also called the destroyer because if he's angry he can destruct the whole world and then the third concept is called vishnu now vishnu is um, a very very uh, let's say interesting character vishnu when you look at Vishnu, he has, when he's in his posture where he's lying down, his hand stays on Shiva mm -hmm. and Brahma comes out of his navel. Okay, I'll show you a picture later. But why? Because Vishnu is a person who has balanced everything. He's the one, if you notice in the universe, everything works on a philosophy which is called equilibrium. Yeah. You, yeah? So the. Everything in the world is equilibrium, and nature has its own way to balance things out. If there is, you know, something going really wrong, nature has its own way to bring it back into normal. We believe that this is Vishnu. You see, so Vishnu is not a conflict. He doesn't say that criminals should not be in the society. We need criminals in the society because they are bringing one part of the balance. If a society completely gets devoid of all criminals which could be more like a Western uh, spiritual thing, that everybody has to be a saint, then what we are saying is that nature will not exist. We are saying we need saints, but we need criminals also. Because the both of them have their own part to play in the society. No one's right or wrong. In this life, maybe he is a criminal, but maybe in the next life he is a saint. So it's not the question as to who he is, it's a question that, it is all part of a larger picture. When you think of world like of the world like that, all of a sudden, you know what immediately comes into your mind? Acceptance. If you have parents, if you have teachers, if you have friends, if you have anybody who is telling you things which you don't, you you just can't agree to. But you say, I think you have a part to play in my life. Then you're accepting him. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. It's just something like this, and there is like, um, like it means, like, like, like making mistakes is like human, but forgiving is like god, godlike. Godly. And I, I feel this is like pretty much similar, like because it, it says like that God is forgiving to everybody. It's a. I'll tell you the difference. I feel, I feel just like that is like something, because I ex like I have this like philosophy are strong for myself, and I, I feel. It helps me to be more. I feel like if so, if I say a human who is like really, let's say, aggressive or like judges someone really hard for something, 
this uh, this human doesn't accept the other human failures you know what i mean but if you accept it and try to work with the with the other human then it's like a ma more like a like a proactive like approach and not like so destructive it's like yeah i don't like this like i don't want to work with this but this is not like you have to work with other humans and like i'll tell you what i can personally so if somebody if you have to forgive somebody what is the first thing he has to do he has to make a mistake right so which means that he has to do something wrong right so the difference in what i'm trying to say is that there's nothing wrong so why do i have to forgive somebody there's nothing to forgive so uh, when you think like that this is why you have a lot of people asking very very strange questions yeah sometimes people ask uh, some buddhist monks um for example uh, uh, hitler if if he comes and asks you for forgiveness would you forgive uh, these are very tricky questions you know because ev you have um, skeptical people everywhere right yeah. and so they they come into this large uh, you know big big uh, talks and naturally they need that moment of uh, thrill yeah or you know it's also like i just want to see what you'll say yeah. now and here's a difficult strange question for you and that's where <laughs> we have to go back and say well yes what happened happened yeah. it happened it wasn't nice it is truly but whoever did whatever they ha whatever they did the truth is that they had to do it not because of maybe reasons that they know themselves because if you look at it just you just look around yourself and just think how complicated everything around you is actually but then it's in perfect harmony and if i or you take the contract of making sure that the sun rises tomorrow these birds wake up and sing in the morning you know what i mean yeah. these leaves or flowers bloom would you or i be able to do that no can can we even do that for a single garden no we can't for instance you and i eat food in some time it digests and then it goes into your blood and then it becomes part of your human body if you or i were given a piece of bread and said i'll give you 2 years convert it into a human body can we do it no just think about it then how complicated yet how balanced yet how sensitive this world really is this universe is am i am you ever possible of understanding even a zillionth part of it not really we don't know it so there is something accepted that that we just don't know when we are so weak we are so little how can we actually even judge another person can we ever say that mark what you did was wrong i am forgiving you yeah. no i don't have any any idea of what and why you did it neither would you have yeah. it's like upbringing and like genetics and like we can't control this so my only point is mark you did it yeah. and i understand that you had to do it yeah. there could be a reason why you did it maybe you don't know it maybe i don't know it maybe in a couple of years we might know it yeah. maybe we might never know it but somebody else is surely affected by what you did and then there is a reason that you did it so mark you just did what you had to do <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. 
this is total acceptance of everything that happens even if a meteor falls down over here boom and then people say why did it happen they were all such nice people they just laid down over there why did it have to happen oh god then you just think it had to happen there was a reason we don't know the reason there are so many things that happen which we don't know then suddenly when it comes to something bad only when it comes to something bad why are we thinking talking judging forgiving not forgiving bitching gossiping why yeah. like kind of accepting the chaos because when something good happens we are like we are happy yeah. we don't ask why yeah. why did it happen no exactly. you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. so this is all a part of us which is suddenly getting invoked and then we want to categorize it classify it we have to put it into a box we have to give it a name we have to label it we have to put it right in the middle of the living room so that everybody can see talk about it bring their own versions no this is everything other than accepting it so this is a concept of non dualism this is also maybe one of the reasons that you might have seen that most of the indian yogis are always sitting and smiling <laughs> and then you think what is he smoking yeah <laughs> the truth is that he is fine with anything yeah. he is fine with anything and everything because even if somebody goes and gives him a tight slap pash <laughs> on his face he'll just rub at it and say maybe you had to do it i don't know why <laughs> but i guess you had to do it yeah this was your karma yeah you did yeah. it <laughs> you know what i mean yeah it's like you can't change it like maybe the yeah. other person needed it yeah exactly like suddenly you like people yeah it's interesting like this perspective um i feel i feel i i i, I don't know why i have i feel like i have this like just more than a lot of people but but still i think this is something you have constantly have to work on and like like be like remember that it's like i mean there's no sense in like in like judging anything like you know what i mean it's it's just how it is and you have to make the best out of it and and, and just live with it and at the same time i feel it's also like a like maybe also the culture like that i that people grow up for example in germany or like in in the western world than in asia I think like northern asian country are more like this uh, also like more western in this way um well like if india for example is like less like this um what i was i was i have a friend he, he was in india and and he was he told me that people were just sitting like for four, four hours and looking around and like he would never see something like this in germany if someone was sitting like in the train he has to read a book because he has to use his time and it's just just like this like these are small things but they make a huge huge difference in in everyday life you know because you you constantly have like it's it's a, a complete shift in what is important like in values you know what i mean uh, uh i mean you told me this one story like can you repeat like wh how people in india live like they wake up and then they make like uh like they do the garden or something and like uh then i don't know like how how is it how would you say like in average like I don't, I don't know i think it's it's just a a constant like a interesting thing to see like how different it really is like i can't re i have never been to india so i don't really see the the difference but like mm. how do you feel the values are different so um no i shouldn't forget the fact that even india is today trying to be very western yeah. because everybody looks at progress and think sometimes that um 
uh, this is the way to go. Sometimes it's not, right? So when you're talking about consumerism, marketing, and all those kind of things, India is slowly, for surely, going in that direction. But I guess there are a lot of people in India who are still keeping uh, the values that were um, part of the culture long, long back. Because I think, um, so wh when you think about uh, some of the things which were written down in scriptures, uh, more than, you know, so the uh, earliest uh, Hindu scriptures are about 5,000, uh, between 5,000 and 6,000 years ago, right? And uh, the things that they have written down uh, then are so applicable even in today's society. It's really crazy, isn't it? It's, like it's I guess a lot of stuff is still, like most of the basic human things that happen around us are still the same. Right? Still the same, yes. Yeah, uh, uh, some of them are irrelevant yeah. because some of them are talking a lot about, you know, how to do certain rituals uh, uh, because, uh, you know, then you please the God and so and so. So uh, discount those, yeah. discount those. But then when it goes to real, um, you know, like questions that we ask, yeah, um, things that we see around us, uh, life, mind, thought, emotions, and the amount of, uh, let's say, we put it in research, the word research, but that's been done by those humans without any scientific experiments, tools that we have, not even a computer, nothing, yeah? Then you think, well, these people, they, they knew what they were doing. Yeah? They, they were just, I don't know what they were doing. They were just stepping outside and then say, okay, I don't know what to do today. Let me sit and think. Or let me just sit and meditate and something happens to me. Yeah, And then... Uh, Suddenly they're getting these thoughts and they're observing their own thoughts, going to the minutest level of each of those thoughts and thinking, oh, where did that thing come from? Today we don't have time for this. Yeah, Today we, as you rightly said, we are standing uh, in a line, even if it's to wait for a pretzel, and we know that, okay, the line is nine people strong, immediately comes out the phone. Yeah, And then you look at what's in the, on Facebook, who's put up the latest Twitter, uh, Instagram, because the mind is engaged and the mind cannot even stand two seconds of not being engaged the question is what is the mind right uh, before we go to that uh, what's an average normal indian uh, daily routine somebody who works uh, in a, a telecom or it industry very similar to what happens in munich very similar maybe maybe two times uh, more stressful because the way to work is stressed uh, yeah in, in office it's stressful and blah 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 but if you're talking about a, a, a person who is in the in the farm uh, who's in a village who doesn't have any needs outside his village which can happen yeah there are a lot of people in India who are quite happy have been born raised and die in the same village. Maybe the maximum that they would have traveled is to the closest town, which is about 50 kilometers or so, uh, or 100 kilometers maybe by bus or by a tractor or something, they've just gone there. Uh, and that too, because there was some need to go there. But otherwise, uh, a normal farmer's life is where he wakes up early. And this is, okay, I can talk about my grandfather because he was a farmer. He wakes up in the morning, he wa wakes up at about four o'clock, and then he goes to his his farm 
Uh, he takes care of things over there, so whatever has to be done, he does. Uh, by about um, 12 or something, he's done. He's really done. His, his uh, day's work is done. He comes home. He has his lunch, and then he does his siesta. So he has a two-hour siesta. Very nice. Uh, and then he wakes up. He has his chai. And then what he does is that he puts on his uh, clothes, uh, and he goes to the closest junction. Junction is where you have three or four shops. That's how it's called. Yeah. Everybody comes over there. Everybody from the village comes over there. Then they sit and talk. They gossip, they talk about anything and everything, <laughs> philosophy, whatever, whatever, <laughs> about six o'clock. Some of them decide to have a little bit of uh, a drink, yeah, <laughs> that is uh, their hobby and that's part of their the daily routine, they do have it. Yeah. And then they come home. And then they, uh, before you know, at 8, 30, 9 o'clock, they, they don't have a TV. My grandfather had a radio. Uh, the radio would go uh, on in the evenings. Mm -hmm. Uh, because in the evenings uh, there were some very interesting uh, programs which was done by the government, mostly uh, uh, educational and uh, a little bit of, uh, let's say, like like uh, skits and dramas. But yeah, you know, yeah. always uh, trying to pass a message to the mm -hmm. to the whole uh, masses. Yes, um, but before nine o'clock, uh, he's back in bed. It's very and there's no Sunday, Saturday doesn't make a difference for them uh, because. Every day is every day. Yeah. They have two seasons. There's monsoon and there's non-monsoon. Yeah. yeah, these are the things. Where did you live in India? Like, was it more? Uh, wh where did your grandfather live in India? Was it more in the north or south, south, south? south, south. Okay, okay. Yeah. Is there like a huge difference? Like, or do you see a huge difference in like from South India to North India? Or like, it's always like huge. So I would see this one thing. Okay, India, I and I think I don't know if I've already told us, India is a land of contradictions. India is a contradiction. <laughs> no, it really is. Yeah. <coughs> For everything that you say, ah, I think that's how India is, immediately you will come across something that's not like what you just said. Really? It is. Every single thing. Yeah. So, and that's, I think, the, so India, I would say, if I would like to define it, it's contradiction in harmony. How all of this lives together is the magic. And I think people who come to India and notice that factor are aimed and inspired by that, wondering how can such contradictions live so close together without any problem. So for you go to Mumbai. There's a rich man's tower and a bangla on the right side. On the next, next to him could be a slum. You know what I mean? So on the one side you would see uh, temples and really rituals. On the other side you see high tech buildings. Yeah, yeah? Uh, and the list can go on from religious to uh, you know every other thing. But this is the beauty about India. Yeah. I doubt, and that's why you say in India you can never. India is actually not even today. I wouldn't say it's like a. There's no nationalist feeling that really crops up in India. Mm -hmm. Except, I think, uh, the highest point or peak is when there is a cricket match, r India versus Pakistan. <laughs> this is when somebody, everybody in the whole country thinks, oh, India has to. Otherwise, it's always a Kerala versus, I don't know, the, the Delhi, the Punjabi versus the Tamils, the Bengalis versus the Goans. And everybody talks about their own, yeah. you know. So it's so like a really huge country. 
Absolutely. Th- there are some parts of India, if I go and I travel, they would really ask me, okay, where are you from? And I'll say, I'm from India. And they'll say, are you trying to joke? Because I wouldn't look anything like what that part of India would look like, you know, and they wouldn't even trust me if I said that I'm Indian. You know what I mean? But the best part is that, and I think that's a, is a really good thing about India, was that um, India was always and always a set of kingdoms. So there were many, many, many kings, little, little ones and big ones, emperors, but they all lived next to each other. They just somehow lived next to each other. So there were the Mughals who were the Arabs who came in. There were the Rajputs who were, you know, who came from the north. There were the other kings. There were the Cholas. There was so many of them. And they all lived together under some kind of truce and said, okay, I don't disturb you. You don't disturb me. Okay, cool, cool. This is how they lived. Until the British came yeah. and tried on one side to try to take over everything. Yeah. But another thing that they did is that they united the country. Yeah. They pushed all of it together. They brought in the railway system. They brought in the postal system. And they made it look like a country. Yeah. It was yeah. still not a country. It wasn't really. No. It still wasn't. Yeah. So um, even today, yeah. I guess, you know, uh, that sticks that... Um, different parts of India are and so e- e- even if you just say that okay I had um, food and Indian food mm-hmm. no Indian would believe you and say hold on there's nothing called Indian food what food did you have yeah. the restaurant is in Munich you say I had Indian food they say no you don't, you're having Punjabi food all of these restaurants sell Punjabi food yeah. Punjabi food is only one type of Indian food yeah. you know what I mean yeah. there's nothing which is called Indian yeah, that's interesting. Because I think, like, uh, in, in you you only hear like these cliche ways of like what really a country is until you go there. Like, I actually thought it was more like one, and I never expect like I actually didn't think it was that diverse. It's still one, yeah. But yeah, I'm yeah. saying that when you look at it yeah. and you apply your mind, yeah. you will see the the multitude, the multifaceted mm. part of this country. Mm-hmm. It's not like, okay, so I come to English Garten, <laughs> uh, I expect the people to behave one way, yeah. okay, and then I go to maybe the real east of, uh, you know, um, uh, Germany, yeah. more or less people still look the same. Yeah, Yeah, of course, their behavior changes a little bit, yeah. Yeah, but then you can still say they are true okay. for Germans. Yeah don't suddenly see a totally different looking people yeah, yeah. behaving in totally random ways from the last time you were in you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. then you're saying am I still in Germany I'd like to ask this question yeah and then somebody says yes you are it's just that you're in another part of Germany yeah. this is interesting like what uh, something that I also wanted to ask you is like um, like what kind of like how old were you when you started like fighting or like um, yoga or I don't know I was just like how did it start and like how do you train there and uh, what is this kind of like facility or how does it work like yeah so um, I, I started fighting um, fighting I won't oh. fight, uh, yeah uh, training um, when when I was uh, five uh, okay. yeah it was my, my dad my dad was also very interested in, in uh, um, uh, karate so he went and he he tried to uh, train himself on karate, mm, and then uh, I think after somewhere he got the idea that yeah his sons also should do that. Uh, I was 
too little. I was too little. Uh, at five, I think, uh, I don't know what, what they were thinking, but <laughs> so uh, every day I, j I knew I hated it. Yeah, in the beginning, I just hated it because people were godness. They were just punching and kicking me, and I don't know. I didn't love it. Was it, was it like really hard? Or was it because in Germany, it's like there are like karate and taekwondo classes, but for kids, it's always like lucky ducky, you know, it's not. Not really hitting. Oh, no, no, no. My master was a... <laughs> he was a real one. <laughs> so, yeah, it hurt. <laughs> it really hurt. I used to come back home crying, I remember. Uh, and every time I used to say, I'm not going back. I'm not going back. But then my dad somehow coaxed me into it and sent me <laughs> back. But then... Then, uh, by the time I was seven and eight... So, which means that I'd already spent two years of it. Yeah. And suddenly, when the kids of my age started joining at that time... I was suddenly very good. Yeah. You know what I meant? Yeah, yeah. I'm the same size and yeah. I'm really, really... <laughs> this I started enjoying. Yeah. And I think it got to got into my head also because I remember um, that I had a brawl uh, in my school at the, at the age of seven. A yeah? brawl? Yeah, brawl. Like, um, really, I, I really started... So I, I threw <laughs> some punches and kicks at that age. Yeah. So, of course, that means that it got to my head. Yeah? Did, like, like, stress with your teachers and, like... No, no, it was, okay. it was this guy. I don't know. I don't know the reason, but he was in the back of the school bus. But I remember, <laughs> I remember, you know, yeah, I, I literally remember throwing him down and bum bum bum. And then uh, my my mom was on the same bus. You know, she used to work in the school office. Oh, yeah. She she caught me by my ear and <laughs> threw me into the front. <laughs> yeah, but I know when I think back right now, it's because this got into my head that yeah. I'm good, right? Mm. Uh, but that's when I think uh, that also was a very good thing that happened because after that my my, my master he started he started focusing more on my my mental things yeah. he started talking me uh, into understanding what I was learning yeah. not just the physical aspects of it yeah. I mean he also disciplined me it was very very nice he did that yeah um, then uh, when I went to India as part of the war that's when I started with uh, the coloring. Mm -hmm. Again, I fell into uh, the hands of another, let's say, very strict, disciplined, very elderly master. Yeah, so uh, he was a uh, he was a little disconnected. He would never get personal, mm -hmm. but somehow I don't know why he drew some kind of respect into us. Yeah, he just he just demanded respect. You know, you, you couldn't ignore that fact. Um, I think that was thorough discipline that that happened over there between him and. Uh, they were, we were the group of boys mm. but what, what I still remember are not the things that he said about the the, the, the physique uh, well yeah of course naturally it was very important but then I still remember how he was more interested in in our posture in our gaze how we our, our eyes looked he he was more interested in these kind of the things. Yeah, the, 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 this somehow was always um, uh, just a moment. Sorry. Yeah, so th this this somehow was uh, a new level of training that I hadn't gotten till then. Yeah, uh, and then it was uh, I went uh, into taekwondo. Uh, so uh, my taekwondo master was he was a. He was, I think, the most loving of all three. A very, very loving Can person. I yeah. I would, I would love to know where, where did Kalari come from, or do you know that, or like, what is the origin? Is it like more like a, is it more like a, like a, fighting art, like kung fu, and like more like because taekwondo is like more like a sport. You, 
it's like there they are fights and like you do and I, I actually before you told me about Kalari I didn't know th that it exists actually like so um so I, I will go uh, there is the scientific and there is the theological okay so we are now now we are going a little too uh, much into the very ancient history mm -hmm. so earlier I told you about Vishnu right yeah. so Vishnu I told you is a person who balances things mm -hmm. so what we say is that Vishnu comes as an avatar so the avatar word has become now very very famous yeah. it comes from Vishnu oh, okay, okay. so the word originates from Vishnu's avatar right yeah. avatar literally in English means incarnation this is what it means. So, everybody has an, um, let's say, um, yeah, uh, since the movie came out, it was also very, very um, famous now. The purpose of every avatar of Vishnu's mm -hmm. was when the world was to be doomed, he incarnates to bring it back to equilibrium. This is the, right? So, and he has 10 avatars. One very famous avatar you might know, everybody knows, is Krishna. You've heard of Krishna? Yeah, it's like the elephant or... No, no. Krishna is a blue god, uh, blue-colored god, maybe. Okay, then, but you do not know. It's okay. Uh, he, he is everybody knows Krishna because he's, uh, he's very famous. Anyways, um, one such avatar of Vishnu was called Parashurama. Mm -hmm. now, Parashurama was a Brahmin, uh, but he was a yogi. He was a warrior Brahmin. So, when you say warrior Brahmin, this is a very strange combination of words because a Brahmin is a priest mm -hmm. and a warrior is a warrior. Yeah. And he's a yogi who's supposed to be a very balanced person. <laughs> so, how does all of this come together? Uh, the purpose of his life at that point of time was to... Uh, incarnate as as a as a particular personality and he had a certain uh, objective of life also kalari it's believed comes from parashurama so uh, the first ever known warrior uh, brahmin hmm? which is why kalari is closely associated with uh, yogis it is not separate from the whole yoga yogi perspective if you've seen some of the Shaolin monks meditating, have you seen them? Mm -hmm. In very, very difficult, obscure posts. Yeah. Why is a person meditating when he's a warrior? Have you ever thought about it? Because meditation is very calm. Warrior is an aggressive person. How, how and why are we combining these two differently? See, I feel like, I feel, this is like, again, like with these, I don't know. I, it seems always that like when you combine differences, it's a really it's really strong. Like you know what I mean? If you, so if for example, if you combine sugar and salt, it tastes really crazy good. It's like I would say it's different, but it, together it's like it's like nitro and glycerin together. It's like explosive. You know what I mean? And I, it's like kind of the same in a analogistic way. You know what I mean? It's like. Mm. You I can see it like that. So yeah. Seemingly, it might be like that. Seemingly. But the truth is that. Um, so, um, there are different levels of progressions. Yeah. Everything that we are talking about, from a yogi perspective, a yoga perspective, from physical levels, 
we are going into metaphysical, cosmic. So from things that you can see to things you can't see. Imagine, for example, uh, uh, like a UFC fighter. Okay. Uh, or, you know, the old, you know, the WWF, World Wrestling. <laughs> you know, okay, Rock, for instance. Is he working with his physical aspect or his metaphysical aspect? Yeah, because he needs that, right? Which is why he has to pump up. He has to ensure that he has to train um, his physical muscles and everything. But in the whole concept of yoga, we feel that the whatever you're tapping from your physical aspect is so limited compared to what you can really tap from your metaphysical aspect. But the problem is that we don't know how to tap it. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. a d it's a different dimension altogether. It's like there's like this, it's like an iceberg. You know, you you yeah. see like the tip of the iceberg. This is like the physical aspect, and then you have like all this stuff, like the iceberg under the water, and you can't even see it, exactly. but it's still there. Yeah. And you try to like get the potential of it and in a way. So exactly. So you need a, you need the tools. You need the right tools to access it. So for example, we are sitting over here. Around us are many waves. Infrared waves, there's the other waves, the blue, wa I don't know, every wave sitting on us. But we do not have the, we don't have a radio. Yeah. We put a radio yeah. and then suddenly you have access to it. Yeah. The tool, yeah. in our case, is the mind. Yeah. But the mind has to be trained to tap into the metaphysical. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So the training is not only for the muscles, the training is also for the mind. And this is a level of progression. So it, I, that's why even if we say it's the iceberg, yes, it is the iceberg, but immersing yourself into the water is not an easy task. You just don't even know that there is there's something beneath the water. You know what I mean? Kalari comes from these aspects. So... At some point of time, Kaladi starts working with the metaphysical things, which I can't talk about because I don't know. So there are masters in the past who have just worked with energies. They have. Uh, the origins of Kaladi are supposedly older than any uh, martial art because uh, the, the, the person who really... So the oldest known school for us is um, uh, Shaolin Temple and the Kung Fu schools in China. But the monk who really developed Shaolin Temple to what it is today is a monk called as Bodhidharma. Bodhidharma, when he went to China, at that in, in those days there was huge cultural exchange between China and India. Okay, it was just a Himalayas in between. But there was so much culture, which is why Buddhism um, and a lot of other uh, things went across. It was it was the same for us, yeah. Um, so when uh, uh, when uh, Bodhidharma went to um, the temple, it seems that at that point of time it was very very small. But he's the one then who really changed the aspects of it. But uh, interestingly, Bodhidharma comes from the south of India, and he's he's uh, he doesn't look. Um, really nice at all so he looks like a very uh, grouchy short brown colored uh, little ugly uh, person yeah uh, so um, yeah mm, the idea is that the bodhidharma um, 
is strongly strongly uh, this is there are there are uh, proof for it that bodhi dharma comes from um, uh, the parts of kerala and tamil nadu so he was the one who uh, really took let's say we believe because he was a monk also yeah so he he brought the martial art to another level altogether so when you ask us is there clear proof no but we are talking about things which are so so long ago that nobody really sat and wrote down i learned kalari today i'm taking you over to china no nobody has done that mm. yeah but yeah that's it yeah it's it's just like so it's more a combination of a lot of f- philosophy and also training it's not only like in the new fighting sports like mma or BJJ like only I feel BJJ is more of like an ethics I don't know they have like all this like respect mm-hmm. uh, uh, between each other but mm-hmm. for example I feel lost in like kickboxing and also boxing there is not this kind of like respect I don't I, I don't actually I have to say like I like I like people I met while training BJJ or um yeah actually BJJ and judo like they these are one of the nicest people like I ever met in fighting like I I tried a lot of different fight fight sports and I don't know what it is about this sport but like a lot of people are really I mean it's I, I assume because it's not really it doesn't look spectacular you know you mm-hmm. like if you look from the outside you can't like mm-hmm. brag mm-hmm. with it yeah, yeah. you know look at me I'm rolling on the ground yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not like you do like some crazy spinning <laughs> kick in the air yeah, yeah, that yeah. some girls will like you yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. <laughs> I actually showed like some BJJ videos to some girls and they were like oh, oh my god this is boring <laughs> you know like but it's like if you do it it's like I actually never have I mean I do judo but i feel bjj is so more complex so it's uh, really interesting uh, uh, what it is um, that makes it attra- i d- somehow it attracts really cool people and i i think it also filters out a lot of like these people who just want to do like want to be like these like muscular guys that just want to do harmful things to others um, i don't know Hi- history has always proven that whenever a society is um, too um let's say too much entertained by violence blood and aggression that society or so it, it slowly is reaching its demise yeah. so if you look at it the human civilization has in different eras gone through um from a rise to a peak and then it fall roman you take many other aryan all those civilizations uh, they in yeah they're gone to that and at the last very last when they were at the peak one of the things that uh, were always sought for is violent sports S- yes exactly so um, it is a sign it is also a sign when you see m- more and more of people uh, being entertained by violence done to another human being uh it shows how detached they are or they can be from another person and this goes back to the whole concept of even when i'm when i'm sitting over here i cannot put myself um separate from anything around me including you because i ultimately we are all just a bundle of energies this is what we are and we've proven it you go down deep 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 into a as much deep you can to into a cell and what you come across is nothing which means that this whole thing is made of nothing 
this is proven scientifically, right? So if you look at it, you and me, we are actually nothing. We are just seemingly something. But you go down, you take a cell of mine and you go down, 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 down. There's nothing. So what is this made of? This is just uh, a manifestation of energy, if I may say. The whole universe is that. And that means that I am not, I am not detached from anything. I'm attached to everything, even to this tree who is now giving me oxygen. I am giving back carbon dioxide. There's that happening right now. You know what I mean? So if I wanted to cut down this tree, literally it means that I'm killing myself, right? Because uh, I just stopped that, right? It's kind of similar, right? That when you look at somebody and you think, I don't even care what happens to you, but even if you break your face, you don't care. This is heights of, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's extremes of the other side where you say that I, I don't feel that I'm one with anything. Yeah? When a whole society starts to feel like that, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Which is why I don't like when violence spoken. I yeah. Yeah. I have my own reservations. I think it's it's what I what I have like a lot of problem is like when when there's just like this physical aspect and you don't have like a philosophy behind it mm -hmm. and you don't get t taught like a philosophy. Mm -hmm. You know, like what you said, like you had like these uh, training mentors in a way, like that taught you a lot about like philosophy in a way or mm -hmm. like how to have manners mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah, yeah. I th this is what i miss i kind of like in germany a lot because like germany was like a like a country with a lot of like mannerisms and mm -hmm. um you know like like britain in a way like uh, like these societies where you had like certain kinds of like way to behave mm -hmm. and also like in japan you know you have like yeah. a certain yeah. um culture yeah. you know and uh, the culture is like i feel a lot gone in, in germany i don't know what it is no, I, I, so let's it's different, okay, so yeah. I, I wouldn't say so. I, I would still say so, you know, one of the things that makes me very, very happy uh, to be in this country, for instance, is that how people over here, even today, uh, talk to each other, strangers. Mm -hmm. This is so nice to see people do that, even in the Uber. When people uh, say hello when they enter a, uh, enter a shop, they say bye when they leave. Never seen this happen in any other country, honestly. And I've, I've traveled my own little bit, not too much, but still, I haven't really seen something as simple as that. When I leave the shop, I say bye. And the person really says, yeah, bye, bye, take care, yeah? yeah. Mm. So, um, Sunday, Saturdays, over here, the way that people give value to their family and you do nothing and the shop's being closed. This is so hard to maintain in today's world, which is actually so economically driven and materialistic that taking the choice to shut down all the shops on a Sunday might have massive, I think, economic impact on the country. Other countries don't want to do that because you have to keep this stuff moving. People have to keep buying it. And that's how the economy d is driven. They're just entertaining people and saying that buy, buy, buy. Thanksgiving is coming. Just buy everything you can. You know what I mean? Germany doesn't do that. Germany says, no, Sunday is uh, family time. Go to your families. Don't do anything. It's very, very nice. So I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. I think it's, it's also like, how does it come? Is, is there a religious thing in Germany? We, we, like, like Christian um, beliefs are a lot on this. Um, what I think is interesting because in America, it's like, for example, not like this. And um, also not in other countries in Europe, like 
London or like Britain, for example. Really? Yeah, not even in India. I mean, it's a what's a like a, a really okay. What's like a British culture like um, yeah, colony? Yeah. So, yeah. oh okay. I, just, I I thought it was like more like this. Um, not the cities. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I also th- think it's it's a lot of um, a different different things that come together that something like this gets created like this certain kind. This takes a lot of time. I I think. I mean. For example, always like in philosophy, you used to talk about like dark ages in philosophy and like Western philosophy because like when the, f- the Christians came, like there was no real development of science or any philosophic things. But I think in a way, this is what I realized in the last half a year is like that a lot of these like Christian things have like some kind of real reason like why they are. For example, like this praying in the evening. Um, I don't know. I, just for fun, or like because I'm interested, I, I like was I'm really into psychology and like praying every day has like a scientifically proven like effect on how you perceive the world and mm-hmm. like if you have a goal and like every day you you think about it and like re- reinforce the reality that you want to have, Absolutely. you you trying to like your brain is gonna do the right thing to create this reality because you think it's somehow real. And this is like scientifically proven. So yeah. it is it's pretty interesting if you think about it. And this is the same thing you said that like these ancient wisdom it kind of like have uh how can you say it? I mean there are like this is thousands of years of sample size, you know, it's like a huge experiment and uh, this is I feel like this is actually what makes me kind of sad because a lang- a lot of younger people now they always like dismiss old stuff. You know what you know what I mean? Like even if it's like religious, there's, there's, you know, yeah, it's a religion and I don't believe in God. I, I'm honest, like, I, I don't really believe in it. I don't really know if there's God or something. So, but, um, but still, I think that why is, there's so a big part and a lot of people get something from it. Why shouldn't they take like the good, like, like, like meditation, you know, like meditation is a tool. It's not like some religious thing. It, it helps my brain to be more calm, to stay calm when I'm, um, like for example i have stress you know like I th- for example like fighting like also i think like i'm i'm a person i could never like like my friends they they i think there's one thing that they know like i don't it's hard to uh, get in a fight with me because i don't i just don't want to like i get, don't get angry that easy and i think it's also and it's in i learned it through fighting you know like when someone is like on top of you and like or like beats you and you just get aggressive it's like a weak emotion in a way you know you it's like burns a lot of like energy and then you then you lose in the end. It's, mm-hmm. it's not productive. This is something in BJJ I often realized with uh, what I like to do. is like just when, when you're in a position where you can't move and you can't do anything, just just take a deep breath. Like it sounds weird, but like actually it helps because then your mind is like clear and then you, you get kind of creative. And like when you hit this like kind of play, kind of childish behavior, then you find most of the best solutions for problems. Like, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I, it's kind of interesting like you hit this like like send zone you know what i mean like when you're like zoom and then you just okay let's make let's make a play out of it just play around and i feel like uh, i had to i was studying like a few years ago like um this this guy his name is like Idu Patal. he he talks about movement and he also he he talks a lot about just playing around with stuff and i think like this is like if you look at the like which in which kind of age do you learn the most when you're a child you know 
like as a child you learn this the fastest because you just you don't you have no ego you you just try try yeah exactly you don't judge and i i feel this was was really like like i i try really to have like this childish mind you know like to beginner's mindset. yeah beginner mindset like always to be in this beginner's mindset like um also because then you make the have the biggest progress i think because you don't yeah you're not like attached to a certain behavior or something you just try to like figure how how do i walk how do i how do i do this like armbar how do i how do i learn the this like way of like do public speaking i don't know what your goal is yeah. but i don't know it, this is because i feel like a lot of people they have like I, i see this like in the last few months like a lot of stuff comes down also to a lot of like low self-esteem that you have like certain i mean i mean like child this is like low self-esteem ego like all this stuff certainly plays into each other um that that someone has like a like a high ego but low self-esteem and mm -hmm. and just like tries to do something but has fear of like other people gonna judge me but like it doesn't ha you know like it doesn't matter you you if you have to do it anyways and <laughs> actually i always felt like you had like this a lot that you don't judge when you do something and you i always i don't know it's like you stay really calm a lot of times and i i you have like certain people have like this energy that gives you like this groundedness and i feel this from you a lot i don't know mm -hmm. like i would i feel do you think it's from experience like when you experience a lot in life that you become more calm and it's like just because you get like you know it's like whatever happens like i'm i'm so me like you know mm -hmm. what i mean is, is it that or what do you think it is so yeah, uh, <laughs> very interesting. Yeah, uh, I go back to what you said about uh, young people maybe not believing in a lot of things now. And as I said earlier, there's nothing wrong in it. It's it's just one phase of life, which I think, and I wish that they also go through very well, <laughs> in the sense that you know when yeah. they don't believe in anything, I wish that they totally do that. Yeah. yeah, they don't believe in God. No, then don't believe at all in God, <laughs> and then do things which you think are necessary for that and then it gives you learnings which makes you then believe <laughs> you know what i mean yeah but you have to do this part also very well it's like, so it's like a scientific experiment you know what, see what works it's it's like that yeah but, but everybody has their own uh, tale to tell it's because of all the things that have happened to them all of the things that they've gone through i also did so there was a time when I wasn't calm. Yeah, <laughs> so really? I was yeah, for yeah. sure. There was a time where I wasn't uh, I was totally restless, yeah. Always a little fidgety. Uh but I think as part of that it was good that I was like that. Because then I did a lot of things which I felt like doing then. Yeah. Which were mistakes, <laughs> yeah. Uh but then I learned from it. And then I also as you rightly said the the best thing is to accept it, right? Mm. Uh, some people can't accept it because of the ego problem, and this is where things go wrong, yeah. Because the ego is such a, it's such a driving thing that if we do not um, take good care of it, not not like beat it up. No, that's not what I meant. Mm. When I say take good care of it, is that ego is like a child. Ego is like a child which uh, suddenly feels bad and then becomes a monster <laughs> but honestly the moment you go and you just pat him and you say it's okay yeah 
he comes back to the child form. It's a transformation, but the problem is that most of the people don't know how to handle the monster. They think that, oh, oh my God, it's a monster. I have to run away from now, from this. But that monster is so touchy and so sensitive that even just a simple you know, pat on him completely melts him down to a child form. Mm? This is how ego is, really. So some people can do that. Some people have no idea what to do with their ego. Me, I was lucky to have the thing that, okay, I know how to handle my ego. I had a big one. I had a big one. Um, which yeah. Like interesting because you don't seem like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good, right? It that's that's uh, that's good, right? Yeah. So that's that's my learning, right? And, and I think uh, everybody goes through that life to to go through those different phases, the bad ones especially. The really really important ones are the bad ones. How you go through the bad ones determines how life goes. Not the good ones. The good ones anybody can go through. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, today, I think uh, this is my grounding factor. My grounding factor is that um, through all my experiences, I have realized that ultimately, I'm so small. It doesn't matter actually. I don't matter. I mean, uh, to take yeah, it yeah. realistically. Yeah. yeah. If 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 I on my way back home today, if something happens to me for two days i think somebody will talk about me and then yeah but even in five minutes people's lives will go on you know what i yeah. mean tomorrow the sun rises again everything goes as normal the world is happy uh yeah but this is the truth when and the moment you you realize that and then you think ah everything is fine then so me being so small and actually, not a not 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 a big thing at all. Makes my responses to everything much more easier. Even if somebody wanted to hurt my ego, I say, yeah, okay, it's well, it's all right. I think maybe it gave you something. Yeah, I hope it did something to you, and it was nice for you, uh, because for me it's okay. In five minutes, I can forget about it. So then, why? You know what I mean? this goes into uh, that kind of a grounding mm. it's, a, it's a simple grounding mm. it's not very uh, it's some people um, I think go into it very quickly some people take all their lives but never reach you know what I mean yeah, it's, it's I don't know what it is it's I think it's also a lot of yeah, it's like that you also accept your own mistakes and failures, you know, that, I mean, yeah, it's like you don't want to look at your own weaknesses in a way, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm this great, it's, I always took that the ego is like a picture I have of, of myself, you know, like I have this kind of attachment to certain kind of ideas, who I think I am, and I have to be this kind of like guy, and like I am this and that. Um, for example, like with my, I was uh, like a lot of people who I think who are overweight have this problem. You know, they think that they're the they are overweight. Like this is an attachment towards overweight. You know, like they think this is who they are, and if they they lose weight and then they think, okay, but normally I would eat now. So even if like if you compare them to a normal person with like normal weight, they eat way way more. But when they they lose the weight and then they like they switch back onto this old persona. That was eating a lot, and and they 
the things like they have to change somehow the picture of themselves to to create this new this new self in a way and uh, this is hard because you there's a lot of like pain i think uh, because you want to this is like comfort there's a lot of comfort in staying in your ego or mm -hmm. like in your in your in your comfort zone yeah it's like yeah. what we say it is um, and I, I don't know like maybe it's just my this age i'm in or i don't know what it is but i, I have to I, I was i have to go through a lot of this right now it's like just like things i was th i was thought i was like who i am and then i change it and like and i realized why why didn't i I often you, you catch yourself in moments when you think like huh like is this really me or is this just something I thought that like this is just a pattern I had in the past this is not you know what I mean it's like just a pattern in your behavior and you catch yourself having these patterns and I think this is it's I don't know like it's interesting and it makes it if you catch these patterns and try to actively like change them like they can come out something really great like yeah. At this with eating, I was always like a bit more like chubby, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. but it was just me, and I, I don't know, it was something like really natural to like, okay, like, it's okay, like, I just eat more, like, okay. Um, but like in the last two months, I, I didn't even want to lose weight, I just changed in a way this like this perspective of myself. I, I, j I, s I saw myself as like, okay, I'm, I'm, now I'm not the guy anymore who is. Oh wait, I'm I'm always like skinny in a way. I I'm skinny. Like I was. This is also also to do with like this like um, praying thing that I was talking about. It's like this like you you to change in a way the the way you perceive the world in a way. It's like it's so. This is so interesting because this was the interesting part. What I I just I just made it like a thing that like it makes me think about like okay this is now me like this is who I want to be, uh, and it's. This is what why I was surpri so surprised that there's such a similarity to praying or to the to Christian yeah. um, things that they do in the church, for example. Uh, right. And because it's so old, you know, it's like it's like this ancient wisdom, and I, I feel like I hear this quote like like common sense is not common, you know. Mm -hmm. It's so it's a, but it's actually truth, you know. It's like like a lot of people you give them like as really like an easy thing to do, but they lack common wisdom, like just common sense. What 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 like like something like it's so logical is now you don't have to think about it and you make it way too complicated like overcomplication because you want to i think germans have a lot of this problem because they want to make it perfect they want to make it 100% uh, precise and they make it way too hard for themselves to and then they 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 don't co accomplish what they want to do because it's too complex you know and mm -hmm. i don't know but yeah it's like I got in a rant here. Mm. So, um, <laughs> see, uh, the, the question is, um, what can the mind do? Yeah, can the mind do? Um, so let's start with the with the praying every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah naturally, the Bible is not a novel, right? Yeah. You don't read it one time and say, ah, that was a nice story. Thank you. Yeah. You you have to read it every day, right? Yeah. Because, as you rightly said, it's a reminder. And and it's a daily reminder. So in in India we have the same thing. Yeah, every evening you have to yeah every evening you have to light the lamp, and we uh, read out the the scripts. Yeah, Is so it like the Bible or is it some ancient texts? Ancient texts. Yeah, ancient texts. Yeah. Okay. So um, and some of them are beautiful. I can I can share with you later. So there are some of them are profound philosophies. Yeah, mm -hmm. 
which in for example where i come from kerala we have to read every day where say that okay um, it, it goes like okay kandu kandu nilkum janangale kandilennu varthunnum bhagavat and the, what it says is that the people that you say every day in a day you might not see them but it is god who does that um a person who is sitting uh, in a palace in a day can be a beggar but it's god who does it yeah so there are so these are things like we we read out you know when we are every evening after lighting the lamp yeah but it's also a reminder like you rightly said when something goes terribly wrong your mind connects to what you read every day if there is a death in the family you say ah, it's god it was time for him to go and he goes you don't sit and ask why god why 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 you don't do that right but imagine the mind what a wonderful tool it is for example in the thing is this in everybody the mind controls us rather than us controlling the mind i'll tell you what do i mean by that so you're sitting over here right for a moment if you look up at that tree and imagine from that branch the both of us sitting and talking are you able to imagine it yeah. me sitting here but from that angle yeah. but you're sitting here right yeah. who did this your mind your mind did it imagine you go back this very second to your room <laughs> and you're sitting on your bed <laughs> are you there yeah who did that mind you're sitting here right yeah. See look at this tool that you have with you. Even your computer can't do it, right? <laughs> your computer just can't just suddenly do it. You have to give it a lot of programming that suddenly it gives this back. Yeah. But in a second, so you went to sleep, right? You shut down your whole conscience. Everything, including what you ate last evening, who you ate with, right? <laughs> And you went into a sleep. Yeah. And in the morning, you opened your eyes. Within a flash, everything that you shut down woof came back within a second right yeah. it was like a recreation right like everything recreation. even even the fact that if you've learned roller skating even that came back to you in that second right yeah. if somebody gave you roller skates and if you have done roller skating you will pick it up and you will go imagine the same way where you left it off last right so you just see how incredible this tool is but the problem is the problem is that in every case the mind rules us or we think we are the mind so we totally believe in this concept yeah and we think that as part of this connection we also attach the ego fact of it so we can say my my mind. my mind so you say my mind or you say my body yeah you say my boyfriend my everything is my none of this exists actually and the mind is something that we can use based on our will so the question is and here is where i want to tell you something whatever is running in your mind questions doubts you're going through a certain phase of your life where you you have a lot of you know uh, gray zones go through it very well don't tr- be in a rush to get out of it because whatever you have right now you're there for a reason 
you're there to learn something, something out of it. So uh, do it well, whatever you're doing, even if it is questioning, question well. You know what, if you're rebelling, rebel well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Do a good job of it. And so that you don't have to come back to this phase again. Yeah. You don't have to do this. Then after 15 years, come back to rebelling. Because this is what I did. Yeah. This is what I did. So I had all of these things when I was very, very young. Yeah. But then I quickly wanted to get into a path. Because the path was there and I was in a hurry. So I pushed on to that path, but it took me a long, long time to realize I could have done this 15 years ago. <laughs> I didn't do something very well then. Yeah. Let me go back. Yeah. Had I done that, maybe at that point of time, but hey, there's nothing wrong. Um, this is my life, yeah. Not that I did something wrong by going back, or not that I did something by not doing that well. That was my life. My life was supposed to be like this. But then, to somebody that I meet younger, I would say, whatever you're doing, just do it absolutely well. There's like no commitment to what you're doing in the moment. Just be here yeah. in this particular moment. Whatever this moment offers you, take it in fully. Because it's never going to come back. And if it comes back, it won't be the same way that it is now. It will change. Because you will change. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is, this is, I think, uh, something I think... I can say of some value to you yeah. Yeah, that don't judge yourself don't question yourself for questioning don't say why am I thinking all this don't you're thinking because there is a reason so think <laughs> you know what I mean yeah yeah it's the truth man yeah. hmm it's, it's true I, I, I like the yeah <laughs> I like I like this the saying and Actually, like, I think it's 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 something really good that sometimes you, what I what I try to do is like, I don't know this this is actually why I was talking about like this old wisdom in a way because I feel because I have I'm in a time I'm in a zone where I don't really know what is right and wrong you know and I I just try to stay there yeah and I, I yeah I feel it's actually I feel it's good to to I always want to be the dumb one. You know what you know what I mean? Like to be the dumb one is you have the more you have the more the more you have the more potential to grow if you're the dumbest one in the room and and I the things like I feel for example, uh in this right now I have like a lot of uh like the people I spend a lot of time with are older with than me and I feel this makes me always the dumbest one, you know, like they have way more experience in the field they have and it's interesting but because you you just learn way more and you also like problems you have seem way more unproblematic you know because they had it too and it it's just something that goes away in a way and also I think this is what I I kind of learned when you look up when you have a problem then why why don't you or like why don't you listen to someone who has for example with you you know like this right now like or like what you just said like it kind of helped me you know and like why should I try to figure something like that out by mistake? If I, you can say, hey, commit to it. Like, commit to whatever you do, and um, I feel it's or it helps to listen to old people. For example, like I met this old guy, and um, I was I'm often in the library, and I'm reading a lot, and I, I pre-cooked my food, and I was sitting there, and 
there was this guy he was i don't know 70 or 80 i didn't ask him for his age but i just assumed and he was sitting there and he was like this old german guy he was like can i sit down and i was like yeah yeah and he was like did you cook this food for your own and i was like yeah i cooked this and he was like this looks really good <laughs> and i was like yeah it tastes really good <laughs> and he was like okay and then and kind of we started talking and talking and i don't know he he was he just we talked just about like education and he he said something really i don't know he 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 was i mean what he's doing is basically he's finished with this work and what he does like he basically comes every day to the library and reads and i i just think it's so beautiful i don't know why it's just like if this could be a job i would do this solely just reading and learning and i don't know because i he, he just does it and he seemed so has such a wisdom because he's so old and he he we talked about because he traveled a lot it was like the journey around the world and i think it's it's something i i feel like a lot of way too many young people listen to old people i just i think it's like i don't know why like you know what i mean like it sounds stupid but like in a way like you know there's someone who has like 80 years of experience and nobody will listen to him because he's old but he has like this experience you know and he even said this he was like i don't like old people because they always are so like stuck in their mind and this i adore this he's, he's 80 and still wants to learn like what like how great can i don't know i just i want to be 80 and still learning and i think it's something that is just like again like this beginner mindset you know he's still he's like we were talking about nietzsche like he was like talking about some text from nietzsche and i don't know and he said something really beautiful i met him last week again and he said like we were just talking for like 20 minutes and he said like he was talking about something that he thinks is this is something he we talk, we were talking about a few times he was like he feels it's so sad that a lot of people don't try to use their potential you know like a lot of young people they in germany he says they don't have a drive anymore like they don't because they they don't have reality you don't they don't need to have food on the table like they have everything and they they don't he said he said like a quote he said like like man's greatest burdens is like unfulfilled potential in a way and he i was like real whoa <laughs> like this is like uh, like beautiful and and it's it's kind of like i, I feel felt like this is cool like why why don't you i don't know what's just it's beautiful yeah, yeah he's like he, he's cool and um but yeah like actually like what do you thought do you think have any thoughts again so uh, i said sometimes you meet very very bright very bright young people and sometimes we also meet as you put it uh, not so bright older people yeah so um it experience this is why i said that you know two people can go to a land at the same time and have totally different experiences it's not the land it was them you know what i meant so um some people turn wise early some people late but good enough that they turned wise yeah it's not uh, it's not say people sometimes spend their whole life and then they write a book <laughs> for example and that book has something to take it makes more sense to read the book than spend your own life again reading and you know learning the same thing but at the same time what's important is that you write your own book you know what i mean so uh, while you amass all the wisdom don't forget your own book which is formulating in parallel through these books you know what i mean so don't just read all the books and go away yeah. vanish yeah into 
take them as inspiration in a way. And you make your own story out yeah. of it, yeah? So you're absolutely right. Make an artist take art out of other art. Absolutely right. So don't be on the other extreme where saying that I don't want to read anybody's book, I'll live my life and I'll find out. Yeah. The books are there, you just takes three hours. <laughs> don't spend your whole life on something. Yeah. But at the same time, with whatever wisdom that you carry, you make your own book. Yeah? Yeah. So do the mix of both. So you, sa you said like you had like, uh, you didn't commit to something or you, you didn't commit to reveling or what, what did you, didn't you commit? Like at the earlier, at yeah. the in my first phase, yeah. yeah, I did not commit to being a rebel. Oh, okay. At that point of time, uh, I had doubts in myself. So, like, you know, you had you have about yourself. I was asking too many questions about why am I rebelling? You know, well, well maybe this is the dumbest thing to do. Everything, everything looks so, uh, you know, perfect. If you if you go down the path of success, and then I went down, um, but then I realized that after some time, I realized that it doesn't satisfy me okay. completely. But now today, 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 my goal is to learn to do that balance. So to try to be the Vishnu, <laughs> who understands everything, who understands how the world functions, why the world functions, is not involved and immersed, emotional about anything, but at the same time, taking a step back and able to maintain the equilibrium. So Shiva is a guy who says, I don't want to even, even pa be part of the world. I'm going up my mountain in my Kailasa. I'm going to sit there and meditate. Don't disturb me because if I open my third eye, everything gets destroyed. This is Shiva. Vishnu is a householder who lives the life of a householder but understands the whole concept. He's the only one who's called Bhagavan. Bhagavan means ev everything. He's the only one who's called like that. Yeah. This is the toughest life. To be there but not be there. It's a balance act. Today, my life, I think after going that extreme, this extreme, is try to find that 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 middle path. So, okay. After that time, you're, you did you went back to reveling or did you like? A very short. You were you were in London. You told me for a time. Yeah, was yeah. it after that or? Yeah, after ah, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's like, like an, ex an extreme city. I like. If yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, live yeah, there, you, yeah. you told me you worked at banks. Like the yeah, yeah, yeah. like the craziest working. Yeah. Like if you're. Like I was, everybody's wearing, wearing suits and like I had a suit and tie and dressed up. Um, I actually kind of I, I kind of like this attitude to like have a certain like standard of like clothing for yourself. It's like it's like shows respect to yourself in a way. But I don't like it when it's too. If you lose the, some people do it and lose the respect for themselves. You know what I mean? Like they they sell themselves. But it's like I don't know. It's something interesting that it was because That's in a way it's the ego. Yeah. That's my clothes my image the Im important is is the importance is to my yeah. so when i'm wearing a particular brand yeah. what the person is trying to do is there is a brand value associated with that brand which means that the society looks at it and says ah you must be rich <laughs> that brand makes them think like that right you're taking that brand and then you're attaching yourself to that brand by putting it on your chest, on your hands, on your cuffs, on your on your shoes, on your bag, I don't know where. But by attaching that, what you're actually doing is that you're trying to do, you're trying to integrate between that brand value and your own, my perception value. 
in all facts, what this literally says is that there is a void. There is a, there is a gap. Because if there were no gap in this my image, you would not have needed that brand at all. So that's the image between your image and the image of the brand. And you want to fill this gap in a way. So wh when I'm sitting with you, yeah. what I'm truly interested is in how I'm being perceived by you. This is the image that people walk around with. So which is why people like to be associated, even to be part of a cool gang. Yeah. To be part of a cool gang is not because the gang is really cool. It's because that person wants to be perceived as cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So everywhere you see the word comes my, my, my. It's I. It's me. It's not the gang. When I have uh, like a cool, um, I don't know, uh, shoes which says uh, some brand, yeah, it's it's not the shoes. Basically, the fact that I am wearing it is the is the point. So that you, when you look at me, you will attach me to that to that value. It's not a, and everybody pays money for that. If I wear a very, uh, I don't know. Uh, 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 not a great brand mm -hmm. people think oh crap you're going to associate this with me now yeah. you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> I have a problem with it yeah. when you don't have these strong attachments you go to the point of detachment he says that uh, forget all of this yeah. what you really need to look at is the person yeah. you know what yeah. I mean yeah. yeah. this goes back to earlier what you said the grounding point where you yeah. said that I'm fine I'm actually fine yeah. with all these clothes, with torn clothes, whatever it is. Yeah. I'm pretty fine because none of this is, I'm attaching it to me. Yeah. I think uh, this is not one of my torn ones, but yeah, okay, well, so it's torn, yeah? yeah. Uh, I don't have a problem yeah. uh, because it's, it's for me, it's uh, this does not state who I am. This yeah. is just a shirt that I put over the body. That's it. End of story. Yeah, yeah. because of course uh, I can't walk around uh, without a shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. End of story. Uh, that's how it is. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I think uh, there's a good part of the society which gets lost in this because they think this is the purpose of life. To uh, because everybody walks down the path of success, right? Not the yeah. path of happiness. The path of success means that you are really, you're going external. Yeah. You have to have a good job, external. You have to have a good car, external. You have to have good clothes, external. You have to have a very nice apartment, external. The apartment needs cool stuff, external. Everything has to be external. This is the path of success. Path of happiness is internal. Happiness is the highest, when you say, Peace yeah, is the highest form of happiness. It's where you say that everything is fine. Sometimes you look at people who are homeless, but they have the best smiles sometimes, which maybe uh, a really um, successful man cannot give you that much of a genuine smile. It's because the guy is just at peace and he says, yeah, well, I don't have anything, but I'm happy. Thank you very much. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, this is the path of happiness. Don't go either extreme. Yeah. Don't try to be the successful, successful. Don't try to be the homeless guy. Yeah. Try to find that path. Try to find the secret. 
So you can be successful and happy at the same time. Like but you cannot be too successful that somebody else looks... Successful and happy. Yeah. yeah. Not successful to the point that somebody says, oh, I want to be yeah. you. Yeah. I don't think that's possible. Because when you go to that extreme, you lose your happiness. I mean, Just take it easy. Try to be... To get success and being happy. You know, to, to don't search success but happiness. Or not... Just take it easy. Yeah. Take it out. The thing's like, also, I feel if you search happiness, you can't find happiness. It's like just, f this is what I feel like, what what I mean with this road, well, why I'm questioning it is because I feel if you search for something that makes you successful, why don't you search just what makes you happy? You know, why why don't you just do what makes you happy? And then you can, uh, well, this is what I feel. If I do what uh, makes me happy, where I feel like I have a passion and I'm a, I feel this excitement inside of me, you know, like there's an excitement. I can just sit for 10 hours and do something yeah. like I can like, sit for 10 hours and read like this paper on psychology for example and I w i'm like what the fuck this is like crazy like and i know like when i do do this about something like i i'm not interested and in, i'm not passionate about i c couldn't do this it's like then it's like work it's like working and like i was talking to um like a cousin of mine she's a she she works in the opera industry mm -hmm. and she and she told me that this job is like what she loves you know and for her, it's like, like she she is not like working because she likes it. It's like if you talk to like professional sports people, like they they love what they do. Like I s like the thing is like, and then there are like a lot of people say, yeah, this is no work. But if they these people would do it, they would fucking die. Like if yeah. if a, a person was like normal and says like, yeah, this sport thing is no real job. If they would train six hours a day or seven, they would like die and it's yeah. like because it, they don't even they don't want it you know and like yeah. i feel if you want something and it's like makes you happy of wanting it like there's like this this again like this equal like how you i don't if, if you have like this yin and yang of like yeah. wanting and don't want like mm. of letting go at the same time in a way mm. it's like you get kind of like peace and i don't know i try to figure out what <laughs> this is for me and just mm. like you said like <laughs> steve jobs he he did the same in a way he he just he just he told me calligraphy like yeah he like just he just did what felt right mm. and and so he could spend more time you know like you you have all like I don't I feel just for me like I, I have always more f energy for something that I feel passionate about than for something I'm not and I don't know you uh, right now what I think you touched upon is the subject of mindfulness so um, like for instance when you say that I can read something and totally forget time the world around me everything or it could be something else that you're doing yeah bjj maybe i don't know this is you being mindful because at that moment or those moments you were in the present you were not thinking about the past all the things before reading or bjj you're not going to think what happens after this you're there which is why you feel that this is my passion. Yeah. Actually, it's your passion because you're mindful. Mm. And some things you can do with. I've never thought of, like, that I'm passionate because I'm mindful. You're, you're I mindful. I feel that I'm passionate and I feel like the excitement inside of me. The more things you find that you, you can be passionate about, it means that the more you are mindful about things, whereas other people have difficulty with mindfulness totally. There are people who cannot do a single thing, not even making a tea, like without thinking. Which is a very good thing. 
which is very good thing. This is a great because mindfulness ultimately is the best tool for mind training. And I'm telling you, there are people who cannot even make a tea without thinking about the future and worrying about it or thinking about something that happened because they are so stuck in these things. The idea is, as you rightly said, to understand where does mindful come easily for you? Where doesn't it come from? Instance at work, you're making me do work. You're making me do work because while I'm doing work, I'm thinking, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? You're not there. You're not mindful. You're not doing the work. Suddenly you have detached yourself from that point and then you're questioning this whole thing. You know what I mean? So you're not that present moment. So, if there are things that you, as a person, your cousin, as a person, um, she's so mindful because she can go there, I don't know what instrument she plays, maybe she plays an instrument and she sings. When she starts singing, she is there, she is completely there. All the mind, the body and everything converges to that point where she's just singing and she can go on until something goes wrong and somebody says, stop please, yeah? Yeah. Uh, in that's when she realizes, oh, time went by. This is meditation also. This is also meditation. Mindfulness is meditation. So for some people, when they start sweeping their houses, when they're cleaning their houses, they're not thinking anything. They're just doing it so nicely. And that's meditation. That's mindfulness meditation. I was washing like dishes. I was yeah. just cleaning for uh, one and a half hours, like yeah. the same movement. Mm -hmm. I got like a kind of a trance state. I don't yeah. know, it's like actually weird. Like yeah, I was kind of happy in a way. Like I was just, I was making it perfectly clean. I don't <laughs> know, there was no dirt on it anymore. This is, this is, me this is meditation. Yeah, yeah. This is the point of meditation. You know children, children can do this very well yeah. because their mind can focus at a one point of time. I actually think this is why children feel that they have more time because they, they only do things that they're Exactly. They, they can get lost in anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They completely lost. You know what I mean? Th this is you lose the sense of time. In a way. Yes. So as an adult, if you see that there are things that you can relate to with mindfulness, which as you put it, passion, yeah. these are the things that are important to you. And, don't be, and again, I told you, don't just get stuck to the good things in life. Yeah. No. The other points are more important for you where you're having difficulty. These are your lessons. These are your challenges. So don't run away from them. Wherever you're having difficulty, and you're saying, I have a problem, even concentrating for five minutes, sit there. Because that's going to give you more meaning than three hours reading your paper. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is your mental training. Every time your mind goes to the question, say, hold on, come back. Do this now. Go to this training because here you are now training your mind rather than your mind telling you. Because it's mind telling you, why am I here? Why am I doing this? This is work. Okay, this is somebody telling you, no, no, no. You say, Shh, I do this now. You can come back later. This is your mental training. So do things that you don't like to do more to understand what happens to you. Observe it and train your mind. It's a very, very, very good lesson. It's a lot of it, like understanding what how your mind works in these situations, and then I have self-aware in a sense. I have some people at work where I really have a challenge. I swear I have a challenge here, yeah. mm. big challenge. But I call them like I learned one time from a talk. I call them Ajan 
So if there's uh, there's a person, uh, uh, just uh, tell her. Uh, nobody knows her, so it's okay. Uh, Anna is her name. Uh, I call her Ajan Anna. Yeah. Ajan means teacher. Yeah. Teacher Anna. She teaches you. Because she teaches me a lot. She can in by the way she talks and by the things that she says, she can bring up a flurry of emotions including anger, impatience, frustration, and not just to me, to everybody that she talks to. Others avoid her, but I sometimes go to her. Just to, to go it. it, yeah, go through it, see what's coming through me and just learn my compassion. So I come back with the with most difficult statement and I give it saying with compassion, this is what I can still offer you. This is my training. So for me, she's my trainer. I feel, I feel when you go into like difficult times and you have like these um, phases where you, like last month, like I had like a lot of like emotional ups and downs and I feel like, like I changed a lot. Like in one, I it's just one month, but I feel like the more, the longer you can stay in this uncomfortable zone where you have like, it's not just negative and positive, but it's like this negative and up and down, you know, it's like your mind telling you, here are some lessons to be learned. Like, I don't know what it is. And I, it's always like, it takes like three months to really com comprehend like what happened. Like I had this, like I had the same phase in summer in a way. And it took me like four months. And like in November, I really understood what was going on and uh, what I have really learned in this time. Um, but but it's, it's, I think a lot of people have, a lot of problems with like going to step into this uncomfortable situation to grow and like to it's also like you adapt to this like this is like a lot of people don't understand that if you if there's like a difficult task if you step into it like after like maybe two months you have adapted to it it's like yeah it's like in training you know just you're mm -hmm. that you're gonna adapt to it i mean if, if it's too extreme you're not gonna adapt but if it's like a slight difficulty you you're gonna adapt it's like a flow state you know like yeah. just constantly grow into it and but don't adapt to a situation without understanding what's going on yeah, yeah. yeah because that then is just the you know it's in our genes yeah. as humans to adapt and survive yeah. It's that what is playing up. Yeah. For example, somebody totally decides, okay, I'm just going to have only two meals from now on. Yeah, first 10 days is going to be difficult. But from the 11th day, my body says, it's okay, I don't want the third meal. When the yeah. third meal comes, I say, I really don't want it, you know. Yeah. But this is just, you know, just, just um, the human genes playing up. Yeah. Going through a difficult situation, understand the difficulty. It will be much better for you. great to yes you have to find like uh, like find something like I, I feel like if you find something that's like worth feeling difficulty then then try to get as much difficulty as you can or yeah. as much as you can take you know like like because some people can take that much of difficulty but then they should take as much as they can and I for example I learned in this last month or like that I can take way more difficult than I expected to that I can and and I can take I've there's a lot of that I didn't expect for myself and it's like something you learn uh, you learn a lot when when it was difficult like I hear a quote once like when in like hard times you learn more about yourself than when it's easy because you 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 know you learn more about your character and uh, and, and yeah like it's, it's I, I I just I don't know I you also had like a lot of you also I don't know like why but like Often when I had like difficult times, I, I just I talk with you, and it, then it seems like kind of like easy in a way. Like I don't know, you have like 
just wise words and I want to just thank you actually like for that because it's actually sometimes cool to just have someone who's like calm you don't you're not like somewhere related to me so you don't have any particular like I want to make that she does this or something it's just like like some few words that help me and it's like thank you man it's, like <laughs> it's cool like that you do that it's like um, I don't know actually I I was I, I talked with Sofian and he was like yeah like I He's like, he was like, yeah, man, I started to like this hurry guy. <laughs> and I was like, I tell you, man, he's cool. And I don't know, I, 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 just, I just appreciate, like, I don't know, I, I, feel, I feel when I, when, when you meet someone and some, some people just give you something and you have to, to recognize that and be thankful, like, a lot of people are not thankful for uh, great stuff in their life. It's like really simple. And I feel like people in, for example, India are more grateful for small stuff. I don't know wha if it's really like this, but yeah, yeah. in Germany you have like so much, but you're still not grateful, you know, like, yeah. like I'm just grateful like that I could, like I could sleep fucking eight hours this night and I was fucking grateful. I was like, thank God. Like I was like, I was just lying there and sleeping and I was like, I was, I was waking up and I was like, damn, this was a good, good sleep. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like no, 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 it's true. So th this is, this I think is a fact that I have realized that, uh, uh, so again, you know, stereotyping is not so, it's not always right, but then, you know, you notice, <laughs> yeah, no, but you notice it more and more. So I, I think uh, you're right. In India, uh, people are, uh, they have very little, and for whatever they have, they are very appreciative they say thank you for that yeah, because they, I think uh, more or less everybody knows that um, you just don't have this every day and whatever you have might be taken away as well so while it's there let's just appreciate and be happy about it in Germany I think uh, what I've observed is that um, all the basic necessities needs are easily covered so no problems with food, shelter, no mm. such problems. Generally not. It's not widespread. Very, very little. But then the next level of comfort also has been taken care of. Mm. So it's not just having mm, clothes. It's also having nice clothes. Mm. You know what I mean? So that also has been taken care of. But then I think due to that, the expectations are very high uh, on, on everybody, on anything. Uh, so too high expectations and too high standards that even a minute failure is not left unnoticed or it is not forgiven easily and say ah, it's okay no problem train is three minutes later yeah, yeah, it's all right big expectations are good but it's bad to have like to judge because you have like failed big yeah. you know what i mean yeah, yeah. this is big in germany like yeah. you make a failure and then everybody's like what the fuck yeah, you get yeah. judged but i mean like if you have big expectations you want to be like a good sportsman you know yeah, like yeah. you want to be like really jacked or i don't know what you yeah, want yeah. there's no problem with that i feel yeah, you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. but it's just that the 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 reaction towards failure is so big in Germany in a way. I get like, what the fuck did you do? Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? No, like no, no, I agree. So for me, yeah, these are the times where I think... Um, Why did you wear a blue, like, shirt today? Like, yeah. what is wrong? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like nothing, but like, yeah. I would just take it with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, so this I have noticed. And these are the times where uh, I think as, a, as an expat Indian, um, I can uh, smile. I can really, really smile and think, yeah, in my country, this would have been okay. <laughs> I, mean, I just thought like that. But um, 
yeah, but I also understand. I understand uh, that yeah, people's expectations are high. So, uh, but for me, it's okay. I don't have to change my my standards. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, my standards are pretty low, so <laughs> this is okay. <laughs> yeah. Actually, like, I would, I would like if we like do this like once again, like w when it's yeah, when, when it's warm. So how long did we last? Two hours. Wow, two hours. <laughs>